and welcome to Property Mastermind Podcast with Hilary Saxon and Bob Anderson. This week, episode 106, Five Essentials for Choosing the Right Joint Venture Partner. Great episode. Today we explore the ins and outs of forming successful partnerships in the world of property development. So I'm your host, Hilary Saxon. We'll be joined by Bob Anderson as usual. So let's jump into a very interesting episode 106. Welcome to episode 106, Five Essentials for Choosing the Right Joint Venture Partner. Before we get started and before I introduce Bob, maybe I'll introduce Bob now. Hello. Hey, hey Bob. <laughs> Hello, Hilary. Birthday week for you, girl. Woohoo! Woo. Birthday week. Sunday. Birthday. I know. We're supposed to do birthday week, which means it officially should have started yesterday. Okay. I, have I dropped the ball? I, I could have dropped it myself as well. Oh, Who right. knows? There's been some ball dropping. Can we start it tomorrow? Well, can't can't well, we start it today? Okay, tonight. Okay, we could... This afternoon. Yes. Okay. Okay, all right. Officially, it's on. It's official. Birthday week has started. Mm. Very exciting. And Sunday's the big one. Yes, Sunday's the day. Going for a drink. Maybe go for a fish. Going to go for a fish. (laughs) That's fishing, not buy fish. Yeah, yeah, go fishing out in the ocean. Mm. Ah, Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Yep. Actually, Bob, so... What, what about any tips or recommendations, maybe on fishing? Got any? Tips or recommendations on fishing? Yeah. Always use fresh bait. Yeah. That's why you, you see me out there or come home covered in mud sometimes because I've been out pumping yabbies. I oh, know. That is disgusting. Those things yeah. are terrible. Well, it's good bait. You yeah. know, someone has to do it. Someone has to get out there and pump yabbies. And <sighs> looks like it's me. <laughs> yeah. I don't even like creepy little things. They've got little fingers. Ugh. I don't know if you call them fingers, but uh, I don't. Claws will do <laughs> Oh, I just don't like the whole live bait thing, but... Yeah, okay. Well, anyway. We'll get some uh, something dead for you. Yeah, yeah. And we'll say we'll have a comp on Sunday, you and I. Oh, yeah, don't talk about that. The fishing competition. Mm, I'm I winning. Oh, uh, well, yeah, okay. But you are a Kiwi. Yeah. That's nat- a head start. Natural fisher. Hunters and fisher, fisher people. Fisher woman. <laughs> fisher woman. All righty, so, Bob, opening up the essentials and choosing the right joint venture partners. We spend a lot of time talking about joint venture partners and finding investment partners and money partners, etc. And so I thought we could help people understand that it is necessary to have the right person working with you. Yeah. And we can unpack that and pretty, um, give out some really useful stuff there. So, yeah, but, no, it's but good, good subject. I'm, I've, I've done the research on this. I've just chosen for, uh, for our topic. We're only covering, so that when we're thinking in the lines of Joint, so this is for finding the right joint venture partner, and this will be for the following scenarios. Okay. Joint venture with a landowner. Love those. Yep. Uh, joint venture with another person, mm-hmm. or joint venture really a money partner or loan partner. So okay. everything we're talking about today, uh, today is coming in with a focus around those, around around, those around, three around scenarios. Around JV scenarios. Yeah. 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 Not okay. options, not no, other things. No, no, Although no, it, could, not it might apply. Mm. Probably applies a lot for those three you mentioned because of the close contact you're going to have with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So, Bob, whether you're a seasoned developer, well, could like, be me. Could, like yourself, just starting out. Done like, a few seasons. How many seasons have you done? <laughs> more oh. than more than the average footballer. Crikey! If you think there's four seasons in a year, if we cut oh, it down, oh short. yeah, that's hundred. You've done 160 property development seasons. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. That's a few seasons. 
a few winters, a few summers in there. Yeah. A couple of winters. Winter is coming, John Snow. <laughs> oh, have I given away the book yet? No. Johnny it's... Hawkins. Oh. He's winning the uh, Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed. He wrote us a great email thanking us for our podcast. We always love that. Give us a raving review on Apple too, Johnny. But anyway, this is in the post to you. Mm. So, How do you get your hands on one of them? We've got a few people wanting them at the moment. There's a, there's a, leave some reviews on the Apple podcast. Great. Bit, okay, I like it. Right. Let's carry on. So whether you're um, seasoned or just starting out, it really does impact your property development, having the right partner. And we're going to talk about these are things like, uh, we're starting off with, do you have a similar vision? Number one, you have to have a similar vision. Okay, this is the person you're in, well, not literally, but we we often say in bed with, don't we, you know, this is this person. I bet it does happen. Well... (laughs) Sure, it's never happened to me. Um, Which is that hasn't? No, it's never. Happened. I try and keep keep it strictly to business, I think. But um, so that's important. A vision, vision. Yeah. So that would be around: Are we doing this to maximise profits? Are we doing this to create sustainable housing? There's like a massive housing issue in Australia right now. Is the reason you want to be a developer to do that? There'll be a combination, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not sort of pushing it in different directions. Different visions can can create some arguments along the way, and that's not what you want in a joint venture. That's for sure. And I suppose, Bob, when we talk about it like that, excuse me, but when we talk about it like that, you can have differing visions as long mm. as everyone's clear. Uh, hey. Yeah, clear on each other's vision. And, and accepting of it. Yeah. I mean, you've got to go in the same direction, ultimately. Yeah. But, the, but the reasoning behind it, I guess, the, you know, the person's why, that, that can differ. Have you ever been in a, a scenario in a joint venture where people have had differing, differing, uh, yeah, differing objectives? I've, I've tried to sort that sort of stuff out up front, mm. and I think that's the place to do it, uh, you know, not halfway through a project. And so some good open and frank discussions. There's a lot more to doing a joint venture than just finding somebody with some money or with some land who wants to, you know, jointly develop it. Mm. There's more to it than that if it's going to... You know, you, you could be with somebody easily for, for a couple of years mm. or even longer on a larger project. It's longer than some marriages, you know. <laughs> some don't last two years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, I don't know who, but I'm sure there are some that don't last that long. Yeah, but I think what you're trying to say allude to Mm. is that it is a relationship yeah and so you have to make sure that you get on with that person Mm. Mm. there's a lot of decision making i guess that's a subject that that might come up uh, during the course of our discussion as Mm. to even is there a decision maker ultimately and those Mm. sorts of things Mm -mm. which there we'll see we'll see so number two identifying complementary skills and expertise and, and accepting somebody's skills and and making sure that all areas are covered in expertise and skills. Yeah, and that that has a bit to do with the two parties that come together. Let, let's say it's a you know a, a joint venture where one party might be putting in the money, the other party putting in the the work, the IP. That that could be somebody, for instance, that that other partner. Let's say you're the developer. It could be somebody like a like your doctor or your dentist or somebody who doesn't really want to have much involvement at all. Mm. They're happy to 
come together, they're happy to put money in, they obviously want to be reported to and kept up to date on things, but they really don't necessarily want an involvement. Mm. But then if you do a joint venture, let's say with somebody out of our community, then often they will want some level of involvement in, in that. Because they're passionate about property already. Yeah, that yeah. is what they, they're there for that reason. Yeah, and you, and you learn by doing uh, better than you learn by listening or you know watching a video. So it's often the case that they There's do. There's a tip there for people that are, um, have purchased courses and aren't doing anything. You learn by doing as well. You can't just buy the video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's certainly the best way to learn. Uh, but... So there's even different types of partners, you might say, and the level of involvement that they want. Mm. I think that reminds me of couples that we have and have gone through the mentoring program, Like, and we'll use Jamie and Casey. They're a great yeah, example yeah. of people with... A successful couple. Yeah, successful, successful in property development, but play to their strengths and mm. understand and and admire each other's skills as well yeah jamie's so good on the detail like he you know he's, a, he's such a detail orientated yeah. person he loves talking feasibilities with me yeah exactly and then casey being the person who's great at connecting and maybe you know they they do both do a little bit of it but they follow mm. up in their own way hmm. with with the important stuff yeah you often, that, that's that's that they're good at that's probably the best sort of joint ventures if you particularly if you got like two people are going to do work in it, not just one be totally passive, is to understand each other's strengths and to, and to play to them. Because some people are quite analytical and they want to, you know, they're, they're good around the due diligence, the feasibility stage of it. Yeah. Other people might be good communicators and so they might be good at the front end of, you know, sourcing deals, dealing with agents and buyers' agents and, and even at the back end on the marketing side as well. And then that other more analytical person might take a bigger hand in the actual project management. You know, it's, it's balancing. We see that all the time. If you had two people that are absolutely identical in skill sets, it probably wouldn't work as well because there's, there, there'd probably be some holes there too, particularly mm. if they're not highly experienced. Mm. Better to fill the gaps with the other person. And that's another one sort of leading on from like skill set and we've alluded to somebody being able like the communicator mm, versus the detail mm. person shared or the communication skills yep with each other is important oh, yeah. and, and i think you brought that up at the beginning how the reporting's done hmm. but communication skills and understanding each other's values Values are so important to understand, and they're so overlooked as a. I don't know. One tell, of, tell me a bit more about that. Well, we all have All of us have a set of values that we yeah. that we align to. We're yeah. not all aware of them. Like, have you mm. done your values? There are exercises you can do, and the new property accelerator we go through and do values. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's yeah. in there. But when you understand what your values are, they are like your true north. They are the things that you want to do that are important to you. And when you are doing things in alignment with your values, you feel good about yourself. You're happy. You don't feel like you're pushing. You know those days that you feel like everything's hard and you're pushing and it's not easy. Often you're working against what things that are important to you. Like yeah, on, on yeah. the inside versus those days when things are flowing. But, I kind of equate yeah. it to driving up a street on the wrong, a uh, one way, the wrong way versus driving the right way. Hmm. So things in values, everyone has honesty, integrity, and integrity. Like that, that's standards, but we have other ones. 
we have other usually around five driving values that okay. are really important to us. So maybe understanding other people's values mm-hmm. and what's important to them and making sure that you accept that in your joint venture relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and even communication, as you said, being open. Um, some people tend to bottle stuff up. Mm. You know, if, it, if they're not happy, if for whatever reason, and they hold it back. Mm. I, I probably probably a little bit that way myself. You know, I believe I, I absorb a lot, but then like if it reaches tipping point, there's like a nuclear explosion. So, um, probably probably not the best att- <laughs> probably not the best way forward. <laughs> but but I think when you can't when you're talking about communication like that, Bob, is it's when you're in a joint venture relationship. Yes, being able to mm. say it uh, mm. up front earlier yeah. before things. You know, I equate that to Fester. putting... Yeah, exactly. It's like putting pieces of rubbish in a bag. Eventually that bag will fill up and explode. Mm. Mm. Yeah, just deal with it before it explodes. I remember working with John and Tess, who we, oh, they were yeah. podcasts way back, a couple doing really well in property development as well. And we did their values. I did their values with them. And then they loved it so much, they did it with their kids. So mm. each person in their family understood what was important for them. But they... I mean, if you look at their business, Miller Development, um, MILA, look at everything they do. It is always done to the best. You know, mm. they tick every box and do everything well. I mean, well, they signed up for mentoring, flew up from Victoria for dinner to meet us. Yeah, they just do things very, very well, and and so for them to do that was a no-brainer. Let's do our values for our business. What you know, what's important. They even did the scarf model, and that is a neuroscience-based way of of understanding what happens when you meet people and making sure that you have the right what's important to people and the right blend of that in a business. It's that's that scarf model that that's David Rock did that. You, yeah, well, Dumbov. I know that you, you you studied under David Rock. I did. So wonder him, I guess you could say, because he's a guru. Yeah, well, no, he actually he did the lecture that I went to on that one mm. in, in a small room. Actually, it was pretty. It was actually amazing. So, SCARF stands for Status, Certainty, Certainty, Autonomy, Relatedness, and Fairness. And in every interaction that we have, we immediately measure ourselves against our brain. Doesn't naturally we don't control it. We measure ourselves against another person hierarchy-wise. That's that's status. Then we also like certainty. So you know that our podcast lasts mm. for anything between twenty and thirty-five minutes. And by now, that's you're probably really comfortable with that. You're certain that's going to happen. Uh, uh, a is autonomy. And so we all like as people to have choices. So we say, is, is it our, if we were going to extend it to an hour, we might say, is it okay with you if we do a podcast for an hour today? And people don't necessarily have to be in the room and say, yes, it just gives your brain the feeling that it's okay to mm, say no. Mm. The next one's relatedness. We like to connect with people. We like to say, hey, we're humans. Hey, we've, we've got this. We both live in the same house. We do this. We both believe in this. We like that. You know, we like to connect on a way. Oh, we both mountain bike. We both we love fishing, whatever that is. And then the last one is fairness. There has to be a fair exchange. And if you've ever been ripped off before and you felt like something's not being fair, no. that's where that comes into it. So, yeah, that's when you understand things like that, they make such a difference, believe it or not, to mm, any relationship, business or not. So mm. values and understanding yours and accepting and understanding other people's are important. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because they make people more tolerant. Like risk process, Bob. Like some mm. people are more yep. risk adverse. Yeah. And so you don't want to go into a joint venture with somebody who has 
a really high risk level if you have a they're going to be they're going to be nervous all the way yes like if, if they're scared you know not all scared you know what i mean if you have a low a lower risk low level, risk level you know yeah. a low risk level yeah, yeah. alternatively other people will be more gung-ho and willing to take more risks than the other partner have you ever had that ball no because any joint ventures i've done i've made sure that that i control matters it's written into the agreement so i, I don't i can't really get overruled mm. but yeah you do get like different personalities and some some people can react differently to what they hear uh, you know they watched too much 60 minutes or current affairs or news or something and they react uh you've got to calm them down but you know i've had a bit of that with people i, I meet that even sometimes you know in, in people that we coach Mm. Uh, that um, listen to the noise too much. Mm. We have to train them to stop listening to that noise. There's actually a gap between A and B. Mm. A is the action and B is the reaction. Just breathe in between A and B. There's a really good tip. There's a gap, breathe, then have the, then have the reaction. Mm. I'm probably more likely to react, but I'm pretty good at just thinking about it first generally, but probably yeah. faster than you, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, everything you do is faster than me, except... Well, I was going to say running 100 metres, but you probably are now. <laughs> I don't know. I'd I'm... run out of puff at about 20. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'd be crawling over the 90 metre mark. Should we have a running race? No, not at the moment. No, 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 my knees aren't being very good at the moment. <laughs> too many squats. Yeah. Uh, and we've, what about past experience, Bob? Hmm. If you're going to joint venture with somebody and how important is past experience you're talking about experience in development or people's experience in joint ventures or both i'd love to hear your past experience well a a lot of people that want to do joint venture i mean there's all sorts of investors when it comes Mm. down to it you know some investors jump into developments without really doing any due diligence they just get mesmerized by a return or an interest rate and then, you know, on the other end of the scale of people that suffer from paralysis by analysis. So number four, Bob, hmm. capacity and resources. People's capacity. and fin- I'm, Financial capacity. Yeah, I think financial, but I also think time capacity. Yeah. Like, wh- well, from the de- develop, I'll, I'll say that, you know, the developer's point of view. Hmm. Somebody, somebody has to take the lead. Yeah. I sort of alluded to that before when I talked hmm. about uh, you know, say myself, in any joint venture, you can't have a, a people where, a hundred, where they're equal in decision-making. There, there can be reporting, there be, can be communication, there can be discussion, but you can reach a stalemate, mm. and you can't do that in property development. Every day is costing hundreds of dollars, potentially, you know, or yeah. every week hundreds of dollars, depending on the size of the project. Somebody has to have the final say. Mm. The way I work it out is that what I call the the developer, which is typically the person that might find the project, Mm. package it, bring an investor in, Mm -hmm. that person must have the final say. I have had the odd money partner wanting to have the final say, Mm. but they never became a money partner. Right. That was their request at the start and you've decided against it. Yeah. 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 Just cut them loose. Yeah, because that could never happen. My question to them is: Do it yourself. Well, no. Well, how many projects have you done? Mm. Let's 
put it on the table, mm. you know, and, and so I can wield out, you know, 100 or whatever. And so I said, why would you want, why should I give you the control when you've done none or one or five mm. when I've done 100? And th- and that's true. Like, I couldn't have someone who's done five projects telling me what to do. But winding it back, you know, a lot of our students, they might do a joint venture on their first project. Yeah. So, so, so looking be- at the capacity, the capacity with time and money. Yep. So it, say somebody, oh, well, this, that is pretty much a given. We know the answer, and I'm going to assume that some people listening don't. You can be in charge and make the decisions and not have any money in the deal. That's yeah. definitely something that happens often, mm. and yeah. we work with people every day that do that. Mm. But what about the time factor? What if, you know, working it out, you could say, well, I, my role will be this and I'll spend the time. It brings me to, I suppose I think of Brian and Alex in our mentoring program, hmm. and Brian being a builder, yep. he wants to be all over the build part. That yeah, will be and, his decision. And he should be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's his expertise. And then uh, Alex more on the acquisition side. Yeah, he loves the numbers. and finance. Yeah, yeah he finance. likes that due, due diligence. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a bit of a... sharp on that, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that, well, that's back to what we were saying earlier in a bit about comparable skills, you yeah. know, each one having their own area of expertise, and that's a great example there. You know, the design and the construction, all that sort of thing, mm. uh, one person and the other person would is that sort of front end, finding the deal, crunch the numbers, doing the DD, mm. and Mm-mm. possibly on the back end of marketing as well. So. But, yeah, I could see but his finan- skills being good. Yeah, financially, look, often... It's one person is the finance partner, if you like, and the mm. other person is the is the developer. Which that people often refer to the developer as the working partner. Working partner. The working partner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's the developer really. Well, well, everyone's well they're the both, title they're both the developer, developers yeah. if they're both on the title technically. But yep. yeah, so yeah, working partners. Fine, if you want to use that expression. Nothing wrong with that. But that's that that other one, and and that person that actually set up the deal should be the person who has the final say. Yeah. But then it could be all documented as far as reporting and communication and how that's how that goes on as well mm. and the level of that because some people I've done projects with a with somebody who's put the money in call them an equity partner a money partner who really didn't want to know anything they're your favorite one it's basically wake me up when it's over yeah I, I, I put I the st- money in here's my bank account put put the well, funds I, in there I, I, I did some projects with a um with a specialist a doctor once and um he, he didn't want to know about it um, once, once I put the deal up, here it is. Here's the numbers. Not that he understood the numbers. Uh, let's do it, and and he's in. Uh, and uh, at the other end, it was all you know, carved up, and everybody's happy. But didn't really want to know. He just concentrated on being an um, orthop- orthopedic surgeon, as the case was. And sometimes and, you're better off just staying in your own lane. Yeah, and he's happy to stay in that lane. But he loved real estate. Um, and and he lo- I think he loved the idea of saying that he was a developer, mm. and uh, technically he was, um, although he didn't do anything development-wise. But sometimes, but, Bob, it, it gives you something to talk about. I'm, I'm sure – I know he talked about it because I met some of his friends, and um, he used to love to tell them how he was a He's developer. Probably yeah. developer and doing this, and, uh, you know, if you're driving down this street, have a look, that's one I'm doing at the moment. And that's fine. That's good on him, you know, that's okay. Uh, but, you know, the funny thing is he never lifted a finger on the development front. Or, or Sign, Signing contracts, uh, uh, getting uh, coming up with money, signing finance, mortgage documents, 
signing contracts at the other end. That was his. That was his job. You just stick him under his nose. Just hand him a pen and he was done. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's what you want. That's a perfect um, money partner, equity partner. There you go. Something. But they're not all like that. No. And then lastly, the, does the person with more experience uh, be the developer? And I'm, we're saying, mm. it doesn't have to be. Uh, I've I've known some experienced developers who have well, pretty much retired or semi-retired, mm. and and they're happy to be a money partner in a project. And even with people with less experience than themselves, they just don't want to do the work anymore. You know, mm. they want to, I don't know, go fishing, play golf, go travelling whenever they do. And uh, that, you know, that's an example of somebody who, where the, the person with the money might, might have the experience. Mm. But for particular reasons, e.g., I just don't want to develop anymore, I, I want other things, they could be just the, the money partner. I, I suppose the other thing, Bob, is what if people come in both new mm. and... And we see that a fair bit. Yeah, they're, they're both reasonably new at development. They come mm. together. Who would be the person who takes over them? Would it go back to the person who found the site? That's how we've started. We've gone through there. Yeah. It's just a discussion well, that you have before you sign that dotted line. Sort of technically, but but like it could be that there's somebody else helping them. Like people within our mentoring program, for instance, right. where it's not just the, the developer. It's the developer who's got somebody behind them with experience. Mm. Bob Anderson. Oh, in the case of our mentoring program, yes. It it could be a project manager from outside. It could be us. It could be you and I mentoring somebody. And that, therefore, they they get credibility and experience sort of by default. Mm. That often makes investors, equity partner, money partners, feel a lot more comfortable. Mm. Like, say, with with a new developer who mightn't have done much, might be even their first project. Uh, gives them that comfort that somebody's solid is behind that person. Mm, mm. I mean, you and I come across that all Every the time. Every day. I just didn't want to say it. I'll let you say it. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> Set me up. <laughs> yeah, we do that every day. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so we the five that we came up with today, Bob, were yep. the five were identify that you're in, that you have a similar vision, yep. that everyone's on the same page. Number two was identify the complementary skills and make sure that that you understand that you have complementary skills and everyone doesn't have the the, mm. the same skills and maybe you need to find somebody with extra with different skills mm. the next one, number 3 was that you have shared values and communication skills and styles keep keep a happy relationship it might go under another two three or four projects and we do see that a lot which is fantastic mm. the Capacity, both financial and resource-wise, that could be time, who has the time, who has the money, mm. and then the past experience, so, you yeah, know, are they first-timer? Yeah. yeah. So that pretty much wraps it up, Bob. Mm. Those no, are good our conversation. Those are our five... Got, got me thinking. Five essentials for choosing the right joint venture partner and all, all kicked off with... Fresh bait's the best way to fish. Yep, yep. Get out there and pump those yabbies. But I'll let you know how we go after my birthday. Um, I'll be supplying the yabbies. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm well, we might go deep sea fishing. We mightn't even have yabbies yet. Yeah, I'm not doing yabbies. Anyway, 
That is the end of episode 106. Gianni Hawkins, your book's in the post. I think I already popped it in the post prior to recording this. But we will catch you next week. There's no other no other things to talk about. Only no. your birthday. On Only Sunday. my birthday. <laughs> I look out for the launch of the Property Accelerator, our membership, new membership coming soon. Mm. All right. We will catch you soon. Okay. See ya. Hilary Saxton, Bob Anderson, signing out for a Property Mastermind. Bye for now. See ya. <laughs>